This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Friday, December 2nd, 2022. Happy Friday, everyone. Let's finish our week strong. And first, before we get to the news, a word from our sponsor, Gravity Jack. Gravity Jack is a full-service digital agency specializing in the development of virtual and augmented reality experiences, mobile apps, blockchain, and Web3 projects. Founded in 2009 as the first American agency to offer augmented reality. Yeah, we've got the big fellows here, folks. They even patented it. Gravity Jack's digital experiences have been a source of innovation for small business, Fortune 500 companies, and the U.S. military. Oh, yeah. Get your vision in motion at gravityjack.com. That's gravityjack.com. Janet Yellen blames Americans splurging for record high inflation. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen blamed consumers' excessive spending habits as a primary cause for the near 40-year high in inflation on Wednesday. The Biden official appeared on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, where she was asked about the price increases that have plagued the U.S. for more than a year. Colbert asked her to explain to his audience how inflation got out of hand when, quote, two years ago, everything seemed fine, end quote. The late-night host, known for his sycophantic boosting of President Biden and Democrats, even noted the Biden administration dismissed inflation as a small risk as recently as last year. Yellen argued the administration managed the COVID-19 pandemic so well that consumers felt comfortable to splurge on goods. Can you explain how inflation got so high? Because two years ago, everything seemed fine. Uh, Even in 2021, you and other members of the administration believed that inflation was a small risk. What happened uh, simply and clearly? That's a challenge. That is, yeah. yeah. Uh, So we had a rapid recovery from the pandemic. When President Biden was elected, unemployment was quite high. It was close to 7%. And we put policies in place that generated a very rapid recovery. Unemployment quickly fell back into the threes. Where is Um, it now? Where is it now? Three, seven. Okay. So... Normally, you wouldn't expect, um, just because you had a rapid recovery, uh, for inflation to rise very much, if at all. But it turned out the pandemic had very special impacts on the economy. Remember, everybody stopped spending on services. They were in their homes for a year or more. Um, They wanted to buy grills and office furniture. They were working from home. Mm they suddenly started splurging on goods, buying technology. Um, You know, we were suddenly working through technology. And bottlenecks started developing where supply in particular important sectors of the economy just couldn't keep up with demand. Amazon, uh, J.P. Morgan, Meta, Disney, Paramount, they've all done big cuts in anticipation of a recession. One doesn't seem to have shown up yet. Who's right? Are we headed for a recession? Because your counterpart in England says that they're already in recession and it's going to be the longest one since the Great War. So I believe there is a path to bringing inflation down while maintaining a strong, healthy labor market. Do you think it's possible we're not heading into a recession? Yes. We had a rapid recovery. Growth has slowed down. I expect the pace of job creation to slow down. That's natural and expected when the unemployment rate is close to the lowest in 50 years. So I think we can take the heat out of the economy, 
And remember, Russia has conducted a brutal war against Ukraine, and that caused uh, gas prices to spike. It's caused food prices to spike. It's creating hardship all over the world. And um, we're really trying to address those, those strains as well. That's another reason inflation went up, and we're trying to hold that down. Notice how there was no mention during the remarks about multi-trillion dollar spending bills that have been passed and signed during Biden's administration. She also isn't the only White House official who's blamed inflation on Americans spending recklessly or who has dismissed economic concerns. White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain was was mocked for suggesting rising costs and supply chain issues were a high-class problem last year. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm was also criticized for laughing at rising gas prices and offering Americans tax credits for installing solar panels on their homes. Liberal journalists like MSNBC's Stephanie Rule have also argued consumers could afford to spend more money on groceries and utilities. In October, the consumer price index rose 0.4% from September. Despite prices still being near the 40-year high, Biden told a reporter last month that the economy was, quote, strong as hell, end quote. New York Democrats want taxpayers to shell out $300 million to help illegal migrants avoid deportation. We have a moral obligation, they say, and I'm sure that won't hurt inflation. Two Albany Democrats originally from New York City are pushing for a bill to cover the legal fees of illegal immigrants battling deportation, which would cost taxpayers roughly $300 million, the New York Post reported. Manhattan Senator Brad Hoylman Democrat and Queens Assemblywoman Catalina Cruz support the legislation despite estimates that will cost or require a $55 million down payment in 2023. Proponents of the legislation are pushing for New York Governor Kathy Hochul to support the proposal and commit to $100 million in funding for the state's budget. On Wednesday, the governor committed to providing $3 million to nonprofit organizations assisting immigrants with their asylum applications. Critics of the bill expressed concern that the legal defense could help potentially dangerous people remain in the United States and hurt public safety. Those opposed to the measure could also be cited, uh, also cited budget concerns and noted that New York City has already estimated to spend $1 billion on costs related to the influx of migrants arriving in the city. The bill would cover legal defense costs for any incarcerated immigrant regardless of the criminal convictions that initiated their removal proceedings. Republican Assembly Minority Leader William Barclay of Pulsackie stated, Democrats' complete failure on border security and immigration shouldn't result in a $300 million tax on New Yorkers. Last year, New York City's radical Democrats wanted non-citizens to vote in local elections, Barclay continued. Now they expect the public to spend hundreds of millions to provide free deportation lawyers. Their political statements do not need to be contained in the state spending plan, end quote. Moving on, GOP senators to withhold support for defense funding until they get vote to end military vax mandates. Seven GOP senators made the vow Wednesday at Capitol Hill News Conference saying they would withhold the support if leaders of the Democrat-led chamber don't allow a floor vote on their proposal, according to NBC News. Kentucky Senator Rand Paul said the group will not vote to get on the NDAA unless we have a vote on ending this military vaccine mandate, he said. Libertarian-minded Paul 
typically votes against the act every year and is among the most critical in his conference about the federal government's handling of the pandemic, including mandated vaccinations. The senator's effort could delay final passage of the annual bill, which Congress has consistently passed, but it would not prevent the Senate from eventually voting on the legislation, NBC also reports. The other six are Sens Mike Braun of Indiana, Ted Cruz of Texas, Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, Mike Lee of Utah, and Rick Scott of Florida. Graham says military recruitment had suffered as a result of vaccination requirements that Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin made mandatory last year for all service members. The requirement applies to all active duty and ready to serve and ready reserve rather service members, including National Guardsmen. Now moving south, let's head to Florida. Florida school boards flip red, immediately oust superintendents who oversaw mask mandates. Two school boards with conservative majorities parted ways with their school superintendents in November, both of whom oversaw the implementation of mask mandates into fall of 2021. On November 29th, Sarasota County School Superintendent Brennan Asplin agreed to step down after the school board criticized mask mandates, which Asplin backed. While on November 22nd, Brevard County Superintendent Mark Mullins, who faced backlash, for supporting an extended mask mandate, agreed with school board to enter into separation negotiations. Both school districts extended their mask mandates into the fall of the 2021-22 school year. In the 21-22 school year, Brevard Public Schools extended its emergency mask mandate through November 28th, giving parents an opt-out option, according to the school website. Sarasota County Schools implemented a mask mandate in August of 21, but it was repealed in October According to the Herald Tribune, Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, who endorsed recently elected members who flipped the school board majorities, signed an executive order in July of 21 requiring schools to give parents to opt out their students of school mask mandates. The order came in response to the schools implementing mask mandates in 2020, according to a press release by the governor's office. Asplin, who took over in 2020, called the board's citing of his COVID-19 response ridiculous. School board chair Bridget Ziegler noted that the relationship between the board and the superintendent was broken. The moves by the Florida school boards come after a Berkeley County school board in South Carolina, which flipped to a conservative majority, fired the superintendent as well as the district's lawyer, banned critical race theory from the classroom, and set up a committee to review material flagged as pornographic content in its first meeting since being elected. And while that is all good and well, just a reminder, get your kids out of public school and go talk to our friends at Classical Conversations. Moving on, back to this China stuff. The CCP announces they will ease COVID restrictions in key cities amid white paper protests. Incredible stuff. The city of Guizhou began to ease COVID restrictions that have been in service to the nation's zero COVID policy, announcing the lifting of all lockdowns, reports state-affiliated media outlet Hu Jin. Lifting of COVID restrictions has been called something of a surrender that the CCP is throwing in the white flag. Beijing has been gradually lifting lockdowns over the past few days, Hu Jin further reports. Vice Premier Sun Shulan of WED formally noted the virus's weakening pathogenicity for the first time. China is speeding up to cast aside large-scale lockdowns. 
Officials in Zhenzhou, where Apple's Foxconn factory is located, announced an orderly return to business, opening supermarkets, gyms, and restaurants. The southwestern city of Shangin will allow the close contacts of people with COVID-19 who fulfill certain conditions to quarantine at home, Al Jazeera reports. However, they also report that President Xi is unlikely to remove further restrictions as COVID case counts are still reportedly at record levels. This comes after the country has seen days of protests against COVID restrictions and lockdowns. The protests began after a fire in an apartment building in the city of Urumqi, which took the lives of 10, including a three-year-old child. It is widely believed that firefighters were delayed in putting out the blaze due to lockdown restrictions, which made it harder to gain access to the building. The protests are the largest public display of anti-government behavior since the Tiananmen Square protests of 1989. Protests also come shortly after the coronation of Xi Jinping at the National Congress, essentially making the president leader of the country for life. The CCP has been aggressive in their attempts to stop the white paper revolution protesters who hold up white sheets of paper to oppose censorship. Apple has appeared to help the CCP, restricting the use of their airdrop feature, which iPhone users can use to bypass the internet and internet sensors to communicate phone to phone. Protesters at Foxconn Apple factory in Zhengzhou were squashed last week as the CCP instituted COVID restrictions to keep people locked down. The country has been imposing mass testing requirements, separating family members who test positive, including young children. These restrictions and limitations have generated increasing anger in the Chinese populace, and COVID has continued to spread despite these measures. Folks, let's stop and take a moment to talk about Fight Laugh Feast Club membership. By joining the Fight Laugh Feast Army, not only will you be aiding in our fight to take down secular and legacy media, but you'll also get access to content placed in our club portal, such as past shows, all of our conference talks, and exclusive content for club members that you won't be able to find anywhere else. Lastly, you'll also get discounts for our conferences. So, if you've got 10 bucks a month to kick over our way, you can sign up right now at FightLaughFeast.com. Now, it's time for my favorite topic, sports! Tom Brady, he's back in the news, not for his divorce this time. No, Tom Brady could end up in New England this offseason, a Patriot insider says. A Tom Brady reunion in New England? Well, the Athletics' Jeff Howe, who has covered the Patriots for more than a decade, said, quote, don't ever write off the Patriots, end quote. In a recent article that broke down where the veteran quarterback might play next season if he decides he wants to return for a 24th campaign in the NFL. Crazy. It seemed like Brady was forever done wearing red, white, and navy blue when he moved on to Tampa Bay and ended up winning a Super Bowl there. But as he's set out to be a free agent once again after this season, Howe believes a reunion could be on the cards. Howe added that no egos or pride would get in the way of Brady returning if he came came down to that. Instead, the offensive play calling under Matt Patricia would be questioned by Brady to make sure that he wouldn't be wasting his 24th season, considering that his days in the league are numbered, or so we all thought after he retired and then decided to come back in the same offseason. But on the Patriots' end, they would also like to know what Brady plans to do. If it's a year-to-year decision, they may be less likely to want that reunion, especially after Mac Jones, the team's current starter, was drafted in the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft to be their quarterback of the future. Jones has played well, but Belichick has the obvious winning history with Brady. How doesn't think the Pats would even have to trade Jones because he's still under a lengthy, cheap rookie deal and could learn a lot from Brady. 
All in all, it's an option and pure speculation at this point because no one knows for sure if Brady will truly hang up the cleats for good after this season with the Bucks. How also mentioned the San Francisco 49ers. Brady grew up a fan of them in San Mateo, California. The Tennessee Titans and the Las Vegas Raiders as potential destinations then returning to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This season, Brady hasn't been the same offensive firepower he did in his first two seasons with the Bucks, as Bruce Arians' departure seems to have left a void. The offensive line troubles also haven't helped matters. Still, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sit in first place in a dreadful NFC South at 5-6, and six, with the Atlanta Falcons behind them at 5-7. and seven. Folks, this is going to do it for your Cross-Politic Daily News Brief. If you like the show, go ahead and hit that share button for me down below. If you want to sign up for a club membership or a magazine subscription, you know what to do. Head on over to FightLaughFeast.com. And as always, if you want to send me a news story, if you want to ask about our future conferences, or if you want to become a corporate partner of Cross-Politic, email me at Garrison at FightLaughFeast.com. For Cross-Politic News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great day, and Lord bless. Have a great weekend.